Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. My name is Nate Thurston, and across from me is Mr. Charles Chuck Thompson. How's it going today, Chuck? Oh, it's going great. You having a fun time today? It's going to be a good day. You had a canceled meeting earlier? And, kind uh, of, yeah. It was like join and cancel. We've just been listening to Jerome Powell's testimony in front of Congress like all morning. Been listening mm-hmm. to it. It's been interesting. It's actually, it's also funny because you know you get these Congress people that come on and they just want to grandstand about whatever their policies are or whatever their political preferences are. And Powell's like, yeah, I'm not going to comment on politics. That's your job, not mine. I could just do what we're going to do with interest rates. And that's basically the whole thing. And he keeps saying that to all the questions. We're actually going to be starting with a video uh, that I recorded from that because Congressman Al Green from Texas went on this rant and they were talking about the tough times that people are going through. And of course, Republicans and Democrats are going back and forth on too much money was spent or not enough money was spent or Biden caused the inflation or Putin caused the inflation. And they're just going back and forth on this the whole time. And it's transitory and and green real green was sick of it. He was upset. All right. And so we're going to listen to what he had to say, because I felt, I felt disgusted by it. I felt infuriated by it. As soon as I heard him start talking, I was like, "Oh, I gotta open the, I gotta open OBS and record this real quick. We gotta play it on the podcast." This is hilarious. So let's listen to him. This is gonna be fun. Uh, take one, go. Of uh, 2021, you indicated that millions of people were out of the labor force, which is what you've said today. Millions. And um, with millions of people out of the labor force, oh, pull that the mask down. <laughs> Biden administration and persons on my side of the aisle sought to do something about that to help those who were unemployed. Uh, the inflation that my colleagues speak of has to do with unemployment, <laughs> the help that we gave people who were unemployed at the time. Uh, Persons who are unemployed, Mr. Chair, they need help. First off, before we go any further, he just admitted that the inflation had to do with the stimulus spending that they did. I don't know if he meant to do that because they were debating that back and forth the whole time. In the government shutdown. Yeah. And that's why people lost their jobs. Uh, They they can't feed their families. Uh, Small businesses were screaming for help. We helped small businesses to get through a turbulent time. This was a pandemic. The vaccines had to be distributed and developed. That's a part of that inflation that they're speaking of. I thought they were free. People needed (laughs) rental assistance. People were literally going to be evicted by the millions, but for the assistance from the Biden administration and Congress. We wanted people to go to work before we go before we go any further on this because this gets better yeah it keeps going um before before we go any further i want to point out that he's talking about people needed to feed their families and so they helped them do that and small businesses were screaming for help and uh, people were going to be evicted from their homes as if 
that's the start of the problem. That's how it all started, and they had to jump in and do it. What he's leaving out is that was all happening because the government had shut down the entire economy and put millions of people out of work because of their response to the coronavirus. Mm. And, of course, the assumption is that shutting down the economy and putting all those people out of work, that that was the only way that they could have possibly done anything, that that, that wasn't even a, a, a question of whether or not that should have been done, that that had to happen. If anything, it should have happened for a longer amount of time. And then they start from that premise, that this was a foregone conclusion, that this had to happen and we had to step in and help. It's inevitable. But it doesn't the take... The economy was going to shut down. doesn't take any of the blame for being... He's, he's taking all the credit for how much they helped everyone, but taking none of the blame for the fact that he was helping them because of stuff that the government did to them. Mm-hmm. It's just a perfect representation of what the government does it's all like, the time. You're like, well, dude, I got you a hotel. He's like, well, yeah, but you burned my house down. Well, I got you the hotel. Man. You didn't have anywhere to sleep. Yeah. And you so we got you a hotel. Homeless, and I'm paying for your hotel. And it's yeah, not even you... that. They force someone else to pay for your hotel. Right, that's true. Yeah. yeah. It... And then they uh, act well, virtuous about it. I'm making Bob pay for your hotel. <laughs> yeah. Look, look how well, good I am. But you still burned my house down. Well, don't worry about that. Your house had to be burned down. There was COVID in it. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I forced Charlie to buy you crutches. Look how good I am. I forced it. You couldn't walk on your two legs. You know, one of them's messed up, and I forced Charlie to buy you crutches. And you're like, yeah, but you're the one that broke my legs. Like, you walked in here and beat my legs down with a, with a golden baseball bat. Well, your legs had COVID. <laughs> there was no other option. There's no other option. Okay, let's see what else. We had to cut you your leg, that some COVID stinky care. leg. If you want people to go to work, schools are closed. You got to help people through these turbulent times that we created. They never talk about what the inflationary cost that they speak of really did, how it benefited American people who were suffering. They overlooked that. That they're paying they for help, now. And now. That's the thing. People are paying for that inflation right now. Yeah. It's not, you didn't just help them and then now everything's fine. No. Now no. they're paying for it. You you helped them through a time that you created, and now they're suffering still because of it, and you're upset that people are complaining about that. And they're saying, like, look, remember, this is because we helped you. Why are you upset? What if, what would you have done if we wouldn't have helped you after we hurt you? Since they didn't help, they're going to say everything that they can to demean the help that was given. <laughs> no, they didn't vote for it. They don't extend the hand of friendship to people in times of need. So when they don't do that, they have to find a way to denounce the help that was given. It's really shameful. It's painful and it's sinful to hear people use a term inflation (laughs) to indicate that people who were unemployed shouldn't have received help. The small businesses that were begging for help shouldn't have been helped. <laughs> Vaccines shouldn't have been distributed. People shouldn't have gotten rental assistance. They shouldn't get child care. Now, I, I would respect them if they would say these things, that these are things that they opposed. But they're not going to do that. They use one word, inflation. And unfortunately, our messaging to all of the American people has been somewhat lacking. But I want the people that I serve who pay attention to the supermarket more so than the stock market to know that when they needed this help, we were there for them. And Mr. Powell, you indicated. The narcissism is just on another level. This is just, this is why we had to play the video today. How could you be mad at me? You should know that I was the benevolent one who helped you. How dare you? That's a sin. <laughs> he said it's simple. For you to say the word inflation to me. Uh, we can't say inflation because, by the way, inflation means that they helped people. 
And so when you talk bad about inflation, then you're actually talking bad about helping people that were in need. And this is a perfect representation of what governments do. Uh, a lot of people on the left and some on the right, of course, author authoritarians, what they do, they put you in a bad situation with their policies, and then they come in to save the day from what they did, and they make things worse, but then they just throw it in your face. Don't forget that we helped you through that terrible situation. If not for us, you wouldn't have been able to make it through the situation that we put you in. And a lot of people are actually going to go along with that. And I've, I don't think I've ever heard someone just go full circle on this and so out in the open with what they did that, uh, that just I don't, so perfectly encapsulates mm -hmm what they do all the time. Now, uh, Jerome Powell has a couple words to say, and then he cuts in one more time and misquotes Jerome Powell afterwards. So we'll, we'll finish this. That there were millions of people out of work in February of last year, just prior to this help being accorded people. I welcome your commentary. We did, we did what we did during the pandemic, uh, acute phase and response, and you did what you did. And now we are where we are. And so we have a job to do. And uh, let me let me intercede and say this. You said uh, something that I, I find favor with. You said we did what we had to do. We did what we had to do. OK, first off, I'm going to play Jerome Powell real quick. We did what we did just prior to this help being accorded people. I welcome your commentary. We did. We did what we did during the pandemic uh, acute phase and response. And you did what you did. And now we are where we are. And so we did what we did. You did what you, you did. did what you did. And now we are where we are. That was Jerome Powell's words. Those were Jerome Powell's words on that. Okay. We have a job to do. And uh, let me let me intercede and say this. You said uh, something that I, I find favor with. You said we did what we had to do. Nope. Didn't say that. We did what we had to do. Nope. Didn't say that. We did what we had to do. Still didn't say that. <laughs> we were the adults in the room who did what had to be done. Others who declined to do can now be critical. I yield back. Yeah, we're critical because what you did was make it worse. I just love how he naturally turns that into we did what we had to do. That's not what he said. He said we did what we did and you did what you did. And now we are where we are. He didn't say we did what we had to do. Didn't say it was the only option for what had to be done, that there were no other options at all. But that's what Congressman Green turned it into, because that's all I heard, because that was the only option that they what, could have possibly done. What Congressman Green means to say is, I did what I had to do to keep my job. Because really, I mean, the bulk of American people praised this garbage as well. You know, they wanted the unemployment. They were living high off the hog. They just, because they didn't realize they were going to pay for it for the next 10 to 20 years. You know, they, yeah. they, they were, we live in this, you know, well, I would say partially we live in this, I want it now, fast food type of culture. It's like, well, that's a problem for future me. And like, right now we're living in the future me time. Mm-hmm. And I want to go back through our podcast and, of course, all the other libertarian free market podcasts. We're saying the same thing, but we, how is it that you got up out of your chair and started yelling earlier about something and you said, why are they always wrong? Why, well, okay, so Jerome Powell was talking about how in 2021 they saw a month-over-month -month decline in inflation and that was when inflation started ramping up, that's why they thought it would be transitory and all the macroeconomic uh, economists got it wrong. And the, so that's when I was like, how do they always get it wrong? The experts always get it wrong mm -hmm. every time. And it's like they don't, they can't see this coming. They can't see the, what's the saying? They can't see the desert for the trees. That's exactly the saying. Yeah. Yeah. They can't see the sand in the beach, you know? Yeah. And th they <laughs> I can't see the beach for the sand. I'm doing that on purpose, by okay. the way. Um, so anyway, they never see it coming. And that's why I'm like, why? Like, how do they always get it wrong? There's, And there's plenty of people that get it right. It's like, hey, look, if you do this, this is what's going to happen. It's what's always happened. 
And it's just the same excuse over and over and over again. There's this um, girl on TikTok who's got a PhD or something in economics and talks about how monetary theory and all this garbage. It's like it's it's always the excuse. It's like, oh, well, they didn't invest the money correctly. Or we saw the trends heading in a different direction. And we, whoa, whoa. The science changed. You're the economist. <laughs> yeah. You, you idiot. This th- it plays out the same over and over and over again. And now, oh, well, you know, we did what we had to do, and you're going to sit there and criticize my benevolence? Then this is this is how you repay me? <laughs> Reminded of Braveheart in that scene. All right. This is how you repay me for my leniency? This is what they do, y'all. They hurt you, and then they force <sighs> someone else to pay to help you, and then they talk about how good of a job they did helping you afterwards and how and they you get, can't criticize them. and they get to take credit for it and they get to run their elections on it and they get to call other people bad uh, for not agreeing with what they were doing or for pointing out all the bad things that happened because of what they did then inflation becomes a sinful word to say when you're really just talking about they were helping people uh so anyway that's you know what i do I, I do feel bad for the victims of this narcissism mm-hmm. I, I, I do because you know, the reason why I think we have the level of abuse and trauma that we do uh, in this country is because a lot of people, a lot of people are just real. And so they do, they kind of feel bad. They're like, oh man, they did help us out. You know, like, oh, so you start to feel bad and you, like, it's hard to put it all together. And it's like, like to read through the bullshit and be like, well, you did this. Like, but you this see, is that- mu- it's it's Munchausen's by proxy. Is what mm-hmm. is what it is. They make everyone sick. I and wasn't going to attempt to say that. They get the people. They get to be the people that are nursing us back to hell. They get to be that person, and uh, I think that's what we're seeing from them. That's what we always see from them. So, uh, Charlie, you got this first article here. Okay, there is some good news today. They couldn't have done it yesterday for white pill. Didn't the Supreme Court know that yesterday was white pill Wednesday, and we couldn't find anything? Ridiculous. So we this do from have good the WAPO. News. Thanks, Jeff. Supreme Court finds <laughs> New York law violates right to carry guns outside home. I want to thank the sponsor for today's show. That's our friend Mikel Thurup of the Expat Money Show. You've probably heard him on this podcast before. That's back on episode 330. And if you're one of the many people who are considering exploring life in another country, you absolutely have to subscribe to the Expat Money Show. Whether it's foreign residencies, second passports, asset protection, or protecting your money from the tyranny of taxation, there is no better resource than the Expat Money Show. I mean that. Seriously. This is the guy to go to. Mikkel has spent over 20 years traveling the world, visiting more than 100 countries, while living in nine different countries over that time. He can help you legally eliminate your tax bill and travel the world in the process. So subscribe to the Expat Money Show today, available on all the podcast apps, YouTube, or you can find the episodes over at expatmoneyshow.com. And by the way, he's got a great online summit coming up that I'm going to put the link in the show notes to as well. A bunch of different experts who are going to show you all the benefits of living the expat lifestyle, the best ways to do it, how we can actually live a free libertarian lifestyle that does sound pretty good. So go over to the expatmoneyshow.com and find all the links in the show notes. The Supreme Court said Thursday that Americans generally have a right to carry a handgun outside the home for self-defense and that a New York law requiring special need for such a permit is too restrictive. The vote was six to three, which is what a lot of them have been lately, with Justice Clarence Thomas writing for the majority and the court's three liberals in dissent. Now, do they actually write these? Or do they tell their clerks? I don't know. Hey, can you type this out for me? I'm sure that or I'm sure speaking? someone else actually typed it out. They're yeah. on they're on Google Forms, just with the voice. And so yeah. yeah. Mm. Anyway, the second quote: the Second and Fourteenth Amendments protect an individual's right to carry a handgun for self defense outside the home. Thomas wrote, "It's uh, saying New York's requirement of a specific need to carry a weapon violates that right. Well, what's your need? I want to defend myself. Yeah." If given the occasion, well, are are people trying to hurt you? I don't know yet. They might. Now, interestingly enough, if they just would have not allowed people to carry guns, 
then this probably wouldn't have gone through the court and we wouldn't have gotten this ruling because the the main focus here was that basically people would have to prove their need and some people would get the right to carry extended to them and some people wouldn't based on what their need was. And that's how this all arose. If they just wouldn't have allowed anyone to carry, then I don't think we would have seen this. Although I think the language in here is talking about how you have the right. It is regardless. now. I'm just saying that we wouldn't have gotten to this point if they would have just had the blanket, the blanket law saying that no one could carry. I don't know. I don't know if we would. Because have. I think the it being unfair that some people got it and some people didn't is what led to this. You don't think this that uh, a law that would f- like just forbade the carry altogether wouldn't have reached the Supreme Court? I feel like it still would have. I don't know. Like it did in D.C.? I don't know. Um. Quote, the constitutional right to bear arms in public for self-defense is not a second-class right subject to an entirely different body of rules that the other Bill of Rights guarantees, Thomas wrote, referring to a previous Supreme Court ruling. Quote, we know of no other constitutional right that an individual may exercise only after demonstrating to government officers some special need. Except for, like, the First Amendment where you have to get (laughs) permits and stuff like that. Well, anyway... In dissent, justice, which, by the way, I don't agree with. Like, I think they should get rid of those things, too. Yeah. Uh, in dissent, Justice, uh, justice Stephen Breyer pointed to the nearly 300 mass shootings since January. <laughs> that has everything to do with the Constitution, by the way. This is like Sotomayor pointing to, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the millions of kids that are in the hospital. Yeah. By the way, he's pointing to 300 mass shootings. And to data showing that gun violence has surpassed car crashes as a leading cause of death among children and teens. Which 40, 45% of those are suicides. Mm. The majority's decision, he said, will make it more difficult for state lawmakers to take steps to limit the dangers of gun violence. Why is that part of his dissent? That's in the Constitution, Nate. What, what does him worrying about the ability of state lawmakers to take steps to limit the dangers of gun violence have to do with interpreting the Constitution and whether or not you should be allowed to carry a gun? Because that, that matters, Nate. He's literally letting... Provide for the general welfare, Nate. He's probably in the Commerce Clause. There, He's literally letting his political leanings and his political uh, points on what state lawmakers might want to be doing for gun legislation trace back to how he reads the Constitution when it was written. That's not... That's the opposite direction. Also... Keep in mind the skewed statistics here, by the way, because basically no one drove in 2020. <laughs> in fact, true. so many people didn't drive in 2020 that insurance companies were giving people money back. Yeah, we on got their money policies. Back. Yeah, by the way, so you, the statistics now for what the leading cause of death is is probably skewed a bit. It is when it comes it, to car crashes. It was heading up close to that uh, beforehand, but there is a few things that go into that, like. Cars are becoming safer and and safer all the time. And uh, there's also just the fact that the large portion of those were suicides, which I don't I don't like that. I don't like that any of the kids killed themselves. It's not something I want to happen. But it's not what people think, like kids got guns and killed other kids. They're playing real cops and robbers. <laughs> it's a very low amount of these of these deaths. They're playing real cowboys and Indians yeah. with nine millimeters and Compound bows. You know, Charlie, if you want to joke about the death of children, then that's on you, man. Okay? Hey, pull it up at my <laughs> in my race that I'm running for. Yeah. I'll be like, yeah, you're right. When I was a kid, we played cops and robbers. Pretend. Mm-hmm. It was fun. It was a good time. I was always a benevolent cop. You always let people go? Mm-hmm. Did you take bribes? No, didn't take bribes. But <sighs> Come on. We used to play with rubber bands, too. We had rubber band guns that my grandpa made us. <laughs> Assault bands, they call them, yeah. Assault rubber bands, mm-hmm. exactly. All right, the Second Amendment allows states to, quote, take account of the serious problems posed by gun violence, wrote Breyer. Let me read that again. No, it, no, it doesn't. This is what Breyer thinks. The Second Amendment allows states to, quote, take account of the serious problems posed by gun violence. Where? It says it. In Where the Second Amendment, is it obviously. in the Second Amendment? Where? What does it say? Show me the words that says that say that. Actually, hold on. So let me get the Constitution over here. Yeah. Oh, you have the pocket the pocket Constitution right there. Quote: Take account of the serious problems posed by gun violence. 
is what the Second Amendment allows. I had to get this because the Second Amendment's really long. For states. <laughs> a lot of words in it. Mm-hmm. Lots of stuff going on. Let's just... Let me, uh, let me continue here while you're right. pulling that up. He also added, Many states have tried to address some of the dangers of gun violence by passing laws that limit, in various ways, who may purchase, carry, or use firearms of different kinds. The court today severely burdens states' efforts to do so. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. I'm really glad I was able to look at the words on that so I could remember it. In parentheses, afterwards, it says that... In italics. um, It says, let's try and not make this too absolute because states might need to make laws uh, restricting the gun ownership of Americans later on in the future. Because of gun violence, okay. In parentheses. So Mm -hmm. that's what it says right there. Enacted enacted more than a century ago, New New York's law requires those who want to carry a concealed weapon for self-defense to show a specific need for doing so. Its, quote, proper cause law is similar to uh, regulations in California, New Jersey, Maryland, Hawaii, Hawaii, and Massachusetts. Massachusetts. The decision has taken on new significance in the wake of mass shootings in Buffalo and Uvalde, Texas, that have renewed calls for stricter gun regulation. How? Read that again. Hold on. The decision has taken taken on new significance in the wake of mass shootings in Buffalo and Uvalde, Texas, that have renewed calls for stricter gun regulations. What? So, if you would if you wouldn't have been allowed to open carry, then those shootings wouldn't have happened. Yeah, that's that's the problem is that those people were able to carry their guns in public. And you know the oral arguments for this case took place after Uvalde, obviously. Mm-hmm. No, the oral arguments took place in like January, Months ago. January yeah. February. So anyway, the Supreme Court in 2008 ruled for the first time that the Second Amendment bestowed an individual right to keep a gun in the home for personal defense rather than related to military service. That was Heller, by the way. Um, my favorite late justice here, Antonin Scalia's decision in the District of Columbia, D.C. versus Heller, struck a law that severely restricted gun ownership but answered only part of what it means to keep and bear arms. But it is not until now that the court has taken up the question of what it means to bear arms. The two people challenging the law have licensed to carry handguns for hunting and target practice, but New York authorities denied their request for unrestricted licenses for self-defense because officials said they could not show a special need for self-protection distinguishable from that of the general community. Like celebrities, yeah. Like if I was of someone of uh, importance, I could have a gun. It's all about who you know, by the way. Oh yeah. Like in these in these places, I mean, you saw it on billions, obviously. <laughs> of course. Yeah. As long as you yeah. know the state attorney or somebody in an office, you can get a, you can get a carry permit. During the two year period uh, between 2018 and 19, at least 65 percent of applicants in New York were approved for an unrestricted license, according to a state analysis of records submitted to the court. 25 states do not require a permit to carry a firearm in public, while uh, several others require permits but do not ask applicants to justify their need for a weapon. So we have 25 states. Half the states are constitutional. Love it. I love that on Twitter what's been trending, and I had to tweet a response to it out earlier, but what's been trending is uh, the word militia was trending earlier saying that you could have a gun if you were part of a well-regulated militia, of course. And I had to respond to that with, here's the problem with this whole militia part, or the well-regulated part, which, by the way, just means that you're well-equipped or you're uh, well-practiced, that you're well-trained. Basically, you need to be good with your gun. And then the militia part. Let's assume that that were even the case, that you could only have a gun if you are part of a militia. Everyone realizes that if, uh, if I joined a militia, I would be called a domestic terrorist and then someone would use a red flag law to take away my guns, like, immediately. You have all these people saying, oh, you're not part of a militia. Every single person that's part of a militia, you're trying to put in prison right now. It's on the Southern Poverty Law <laughs> yeah. Center list. So what do you mean join a militia? I'm, I'm scared to join a militia because that's that puts you in the crosshairs right there. Pun. Mm. <laughs> so... Not you that the left has Quit acting hairs. like you just, oh, if we just have militias, 
then the, the, we'd the, be fine with it. Would be a big deal. No, you try to put all of them in prison, and you would you would take their social media posts about tyrannical government and use it to use a red flag law to take their guns away. So don't give me this BS about a well-regulated militia. That's not it. Plus, you know, words do change over time. You know, as we can as. Wouldn't you think that in 2022, people would understand that the definition of words or the use of words can change over time? I mean, we've seen a, a rapid changing in the use of words all the way down to biology. You know, we don't we don't even know you what that means. You should create a militia in your community, but just don't call it a militia. Call it something else. Yeah. Well, it's called the Community Protection of Our Community <laughs> Services. That's a great name. Yeah, that's what we should call it. C-O-C-S. Okay, well, this is a win. Cox for sure. Short. <laughs> this is a win right here. Uh, I do I do like this. Uh, is it going to lead to more violence? Uh, you know, at first, there could be a little bit more. It's not that, it's not that criminals are going to be like, oh, now I can finally carry a gun. That's not what's going to happen. They're criminals. The, the fact that they're not allowed to carry their gun in public is not affecting their decisions on a daily basis. But there could be other people who are going to carry a gun that might use the gun in circumstances where we haven't had guns used recently. So you might see some more shootings happen. That might happen at first. What might happen after, afterwards is that people will learn that they just can't walk up to someone in the subway and punch them square in the face and, and then just walk off and not have to suffer any consequences for doing it. And maybe once people learn that, they'll oh, well, start thinking about who might have a gun when I'm doing this, like they do in other states. It'd be better. But you know what's also important? None of what I just said matters because that has no bearing on whether or not you've got the right to bear arms. And defend yourself. And defend yourself. So that's where Briar Briar's just man. What is he talking to? None of that is his business at all. It has nothing to do with what the Constitution is protecting at all. Well, <sighs> okay. That's just your opinion, Nate. That is Okay, on the, He's on the Supreme Court, you're not. On the bad flip side of gun control, and then we're going to talk about uh, we're going to talk about jewels and vaping after this other gun control conversation. The Senate uh, voted to advance this gun bill. 14 Republicans, not just the 10 that we reported on a couple weeks ago. 14 of them actually went for this. Do you want to talk about not running libertarians? Against yeah. Republicans. <laughs> uh, the bipartisan Senate gun control bill would unjustly deprive Americans of their Second Amendment rights. Bipartisan folks. You know this is bad. That's how you know it's bad is mm -hmm. when they come together on something. Senate negotiators unveiled a bipartisan gun control bill yesterday, hours before it survived a preliminary vote. With enough support to overcome a filibuster, 64 senators voted to advance the Bipartisan Safer Communities Act which expands background check requirements for gun buyers younger than 21, widens the categories of people who are not allowed to buy firearms, and provides federal funding for states with red flag laws. The bill's details raise serious questions about its effectiveness and fairness, pays lip service to civil liberties while canceling the gun rights of adults based on juvenile records, and subsidizes state laws that suspend those rights without due process. That's right, they're now going to be subsidizing you if you uh, will agree to take guns away from people without due process. That's a great thing to subsidize, mm -hmm. you know. The bill requires the background check for 18 to 20-year-olds who buy guns from federally licensed dealers include juvenile criminal and psychiatric records. If the National Instant Criminal Background Check System notifies a dealer within three business days that cause exists to further investigate, uh, the dealer is required to delay the sale up to 10 business days after the initial query. At that point, the sale can be completed unless a disqualifying record has been identified. Erie County, District Attorney. Which you know they'll use to basically do a 10-day waiting period. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. A 10-business-day waiting period, by the way. John Flynn, uh, District Attorney, Erie County, said the 18-year-old charged with murdering 10 people at a Buffalo supermarket had no prior criminal record. Last year, when the state police investigated him because of a comment about a murder that he passed off as a joke, a psychiatric evaluation concluded that he did not meet the criteria for involuntary treatment. The AP reports that the Uvalde shooter, who was killed by police after he murdered 19 elementary school students and two teachers, had no criminal record and no history of mental illness treatment. So, so something that's not going to get caught by that. So they still would have got him. Mm -hmm. 
nor would the new requirements have made a difference in other notorious mass shootings, where the perpetrator is younger than 21. The 17-year-old charged with murdering 10 people at a Santa Fe, Texas high school in 2018 used his father's guns. So there was no background check for him to fail. The 20-year-old who killed 20 children and six adults at Newtown, Connecticut in 2012 obtained the rifle he used from his mother. The perpetrators of the 1999 massacre at Columbine High School in Colorado obtained firearms through other intermediaries, so they didn't have to go through any background checks. The 19-year-old who killed 17 people at Parkham, Florida High School in 2018 had a history of disturbing behavior, and he had received mental health treatment. But a 2013 psychiatric evaluation under Florida's Baker Act concluded he did not meet the criteria for commitment. AP reported he did not have a criminal record before the shooting. So what are they preventing here? Nothing. Mm. The basic answer is nothing, but they do get to talk about how they passed the gun control law. They get to talk about how they do. They, they're doing something. Yeah. Uh, they have to do something. And it doesn't matter mm-hmm. whether or not it helps or hurts. So red flag laws, which authorize the court, uh, court orders that suspend the gun rights of people who are deemed a threat to themselves or others, typically for a year, raise a similar issue. Judges charged with distinguishing between dangerous individuals and respondents who are mistakenly or maliciously portrayed as such have a strong incentive to err on the side of issuing those orders. It's therefore important that such laws include strong due process safeguards. I look through to find times that red flag laws have been abused, and I was going to mention them on the podcast today, but there were too many of them. This is a pretty common thing. Someone files a, a red flag petition because they're mad at their husband that they're divorcing or something like that. Imagine that. Yeah, it happens quite a bit. And so there were there were numerous examples. And once again, we already said this a couple of weeks ago, but with what we've gone through over the last couple of years, with half the country being domestic terrorists, and uh, for whatever reason, whether it was the election or COVID laws or whatever it was, COVID mandates, or whatever it was, and we're just going to trust people to decide when someone's a dangerous uh, a danger to others and their guns can be taken away. Mm-hmm. This is obviously going to be abused. We protested against the cops and we only want the cops to have guns. You literally had a senator retweet Ben Shapiro a couple weeks ago. We brought it up on the podcast, retweeted Ben Shapiro and said that this is why we need red flag laws is for people like this. For Ben Shapiro. Yeah. Really? Of course it's going to be abused. Uh, so they're going to be giving money to states that will enact those red flag laws. And uh, you can find the full thing, the full article on Reason's website. We'll put the link in the show notes. And look at this ridiculous response. We're going to have plenty of dumb bleach for tomorrow. So I wanted to bring this up. Representative Eric Swalwell. First off, he's responding to Marco Rubio. Marco Rubio posted yesterday, We're being asked to vote tonight to begin debate on a gun proposal whose legislative text was only made available less than an hour to go, an hour ago. So he's complaining that they're supposed to vote tonight on a proposal. They only got the text less than an hour ago. Eric Swalwell responds with, This sounds like a complaint that mass shooters would register. Senator, are you for our kids or for their killers? Because that's it. (laughs) Those are the only two options. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't ban guns, obviously you side with their killers. Not even that. If you question the fact that you've only got a few hours to read and consider the bill, then that's basically, that sounds like something a mass shooter would say. Well, what's right there? What was the name of this bill again? I forgot. Oh, I don't remember. It's in here a few I, times. I had it in here. I'll pull it up while you're while you're. Oh, Safer Communities Act. Of course. I mean, that's all. You, what else do you need to read? Mm-hmm. This is the Safer Communities Act, which means all of our communities are going to be safer. It's in. It's in the name of so the bill. Yeah, Marco. <laughs> well, <laughs> what else do you need to read, bro? You have a you have a whole hour, a whole hour for the Safer Communities Act. Who cares what's in it? It's safer. Oh, that's ridiculous. Before we get out of here, Charlie, tell us about the FDA's move on Juul. I want to tell you guys about our sponsor for today's show, and that is BetterHelp. Now, I get burnt out sometimes. You guys ever get burnt out? I, I do. I work 
tons of hours. I work at least 11 hours a day on the trading class, on the podcast, and all the other stuff that's going on. I'm going back and forth between Chattanooga and Illinois, seeing my family, my wife's family. I get really burnt out, okay? Life can be really overwhelming. And, you know, it's not just me. You're probably burnt out as well. Maybe you don't even know it. Maybe you think that admitting that being burnt out means that you're admitting failure or weakness or something. That's ridiculous, all right? It is possible to get burnt out. You could... You could be experiencing some symptoms like your lack of motivation. Maybe you're irritable. I heard that uh, from from my wife one time as well, that maybe I was irritable. I'm tired. Now, I have narcolepsy as well, so I do get tired uh, for sure. So we think it always has to do with work, but that's that's not. It can be emotional issues as well, maybe issues with friends and family, anything that's going on in your life. So BetterHelp Online Therapy They want to remind you to prioritize yourself. You can talk with someone and figure out what is causing all of this stress in your life. All right. Charlie uses BetterHelp. He still talks to his therapist at least once a week, if not twice a week. He loves it. He started using it probably a couple years ago and has been using it since then. He really enjoys talking to his therapist. I'm not going to tell you what they talk about. Okay, but he's been able to pick the person that was right for him. They set him up with someone and it's just been a really good experience so far. So they're going to be able to match you up with someone that that works for you. This is a customized online therapy. So you're going to get video, phone, even a live chat with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. You don't have to do the video. That's just an option for you. It's way more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in the under 48 hours. Our listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash GML. That's BetterHelp.com slash GML. Mm, so for all you uh, smokeless nicotine users with your water vapors infesting your lungs, giving you that nicotine high. <laughs> yeah. The gateway drug eventually gets you to marijuanas, on down to cocaines and heroines. That's the way it goes. All from this little device here. That little guy right there. I currently have one of these jewels. Former smoker. I used to smoke cigarettes. They smelled terrible. Tasted bad. I don't know how I did it, honestly. He smoked like a pack a day. It's awful. Yeah. Terrible choice. This isn't a great choice either, by the way. And now, how did you... I would recommend not inhaling or using any form of nicotine. It's not good for you. How many times did you try to quit smoking? Oh, I quit, actually, a lot. Yeah. I didn't try. I quit several times. Quitting smoking is easy. Just ask Charlie. Mm -hmm. He's done it thousands of times. Yeah. I actually quit one time for a a whole year. Yeah. For a whole year. But then you went back. Then I went back. How did you finally quit smoking? Cigarettes? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. With, with a jewel. <laughs> you started jeweling. Yeah. Which is, but okay, if you're going to compare the two, a jewel and a cigarette, well, a pack of cigarettes, because really this pod is nicotine equivalent to a pack. So one jewel pod versus a pack of cigarettes. Uh, the jewel is safer. It is better. It has less carcinogens i mean they, we don't know everything that's about it but i can tell you as someone who used to do crossfit i i used to do crossfit and smoke cigarettes it was it was hard at the same time i tell you and then crossfit while jeweling much easier so so there's a reason that alone now the jewel compared to air is worse worse than air Yes, worse than air. Okay. So I, would, I wouldn't recommend anyone... Although if we don't fix climate change, I mean, that might not be the case. <laughs> it might be safer to breathe only through a jewel that's, at that's all right. times. All right, this from Reason. After nearly two years of review, the FDA is preparing to deny Juul's application to keep its tobacco and menthol-flavored vaping products on the market, according to reporting from the Wall Street Journal. How much did Marlboro pay the FDA? <laughs> research published in Nicotine and Tobacco Research that studied smokers who transitioned to Juuls found that smokers in North America were significantly more likely to switch to vaping than those in the United Kingdom who only had access to lower-strength nicotine products. The company was founded by Stanford University classmates James Monsies and Adam Bowen, both of whom were smokers. 
Monsies and Bowen decided they no longer wanted to smoke, but found the mix of options available for quitting unsatisfying. So they decided to make their own alternative in 2004. But what appeared to be a classic Silicon Valley success story soon became a victim of an intensely ideological war on nicotine. Youth vaping rates rose substantially. Current e-cigarette use, defined as taking a puff or more in the past 30 days, a puff, a puff, jumped from 11.7% in 2017 to 27.5% uh, in 2019. So basically a 300% gain almost, or 200% 200 gain almost. In, uh, in two years. Uh, Jewel was squarely blamed for the rise of the youth vaping. Critics alleged that flavors like mango and cucumber were especially appealing to the younger demographic. What anti-vaping campaigners ignore is that the vast majority of adult vapors quit smoking using sweet or fruity flavors. Such products are not just desired by teens. The FDA's reasoning for banning Juul will most likely be that it presents a greater threat to nicotine-naive youth than the benefit it presents to adult smokers. In 2020, the co uh, Cochrane. Cochrane. The Cochrane Review. I'm a cocksmith. <laughs> Widely considered the gold standard for evaluating evidence-based medicine, concluded that e-cigarettes are more effective than traditional nicotine replacement therapies for helping smokers quit. By banning the most effective and popular e-cigarette on the market, there is no doubt that the FDA choice will force a portion of current Juul users to go back to smoking and an unknown number of smokers to never make the healthier switch to vaping. It is healthier if you are a smoker. Yeah. Um, and look, you know, I hate the government. Just <laughs> everything about them. And, and you know, I should quit this. I do want to quit this, too. Um, and I've, comp I've been nicotine-free before, and that's obviously better. Um, and I do, I do want to do that. Um, so this may force me to quit altogether because I don't like the other vaping options. I've tried other ones, and I always come back to Juul uh, just because I think they give you a better hit. They give it, they have that Virginia tobacco flavor, too. Mm -hmm. And that's when I like them. Yep. Them Virginians. Man. Amanda says, don't let them win. <laughs> you need to double down. <laughs> that's what I was going to tell you last night, too, when I sent you this, and you said, I guess I'll just quit. I was going to say, no. Don't, this is not, don't let them force you into quitting. But here's the problem. They're going to act like they're addressing. But if I can't buy the pods, what yeah. do you want me to do? Start making my Switch own? Switch to a different vape. Mm. You'll get accustomed to it. you got to keep that nicotine addiction going, <laughs> and you'll realize that that vape. i got to stay addicted to nicotine for yeah. liberty. Yeah, for liberty. <laughs> okay? It is my destiny. So here's the problem. There's a lot of people like Charlie who would switch from smoking to vaping because i did and now you're talking about how well i might just quit altogether doing the vaping but oh, here's the problem i hope if jewels didn't exist when you were quitting smoking would it have been as easy for you to quit smoking no okay teens still smoke like even though it smells bad and tastes terrible you'll get over it and you used to have really really high rates of young people smoking cigarettes. And, and if I, you drink enough, you'll smoke cigarettes. <laughs> and I don't know how that's even possible because up until a while ago, you couldn't buy them unless you were 18. And now it's over 21. And so there shouldn't even be a youth vaping or smoking problem to begin with. How is that even possible? You can't get it if you're under 21. Yeah, so why would they need to ban them? So why are they using youth numbers to talk about Juul when they've banned it? for younger people mm -hmm. to get these things. Huh. Isn't that weird? You want to go back to the gun control bill <clears throat> conversation? Now, Magoo wants to know what the <clears throat> negative health effects of nicotine by itself. There are negative health effects of nicotine, which is why I said just regular old air is mm -hmm. better to breathe than nicotine. Anxiety. Um, it, yeah, it causes anxiety. It does cause the thinning. Uh, I, think, I think the biggest danger is nicotine actually causes the thinning of your vascular system. So it leads to uh, constricting and thinning the walls of your vascular system. So it does, nicotine itself does lead to uh, heart disease and other uh, worse conditions like aneurysms and stuff. <laughs> so it's, um, it's, it's still not good. Like vaping's still not good. I don't, I don't recommend anyone. I mean, smoking cigars, 
the it's, it's much better jewels, than much cigarettes, huffing your own feces, <laughs> stuff like that's none of that's good. We just stick the glue. If you're gonna huff something, <laughs> just stick the glue. Glue, gas, yeah. none of it's good. Mm-mm. Okay, uh, smoking marijuana isn't good. And those are fighting words right there, Charlie. I, I know it's fighting words, with, especially within the libertarian community. Yeah, it's much better if you take gummies. You know, <laughs> I don't G- know whether it's um, gummies are safer than smoking marijuana. Probably this 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 would be like banning gummies <laughs> and still allowing people to smoke marijuana. Yeah, like wait, hang on a second. The, obviously, gummies are safer than inhaling smoke. I, unless you're talking it's, about COVID, because apparently that that burns all the lining of your lungs, you know, and then yeah. you're not able to get the as bad of a infection. Well, like Bailey you know? said, they don't they don't ban spoons. They don't ban large spoons to make sure you take smaller bites. Anyway, I'm so mad. I got to go. All right. We're going to get out of here. If y'all enjoys today, if y'all enjoyed today's show, make sure you tell a family member, tell a friend, tell the children that they need to listen to the Good Morning Liberty podcast. I think that this was one of our finer episodes out of the last two days. And so if you enjoyed it, make sure you tell someone, leave a rating and review. And of course, tomorrow is Dumb Bleep of the Week. So we get to go through all the dumb stuff that was said over the last week. Of course, with the Supreme Court case coming out today, there will be plenty of dumb things that have been said. So if you do all of that, go to TikTok, find our videos, hit like, hit favorite, comment on them. I just looked at our month to month numbers. We've been mentioning how they shadow banned us down 96% in the last month. And we actually lost followers after gaining about 10,000 followers in the previous month. They literally shut us down. And, but we're going to break their algorithm. If you guys will go there and hit like and comment and share all of that stuff. They're trying to kill our hope. They're trying to kill our ambition, our drive. We're not going to let them do it. All right. We'll just start another TikTok account and run that one. Okay. All right. If you do all those things, we'll be back here again tomorrow for Dumb Bleep of the Week. Till then, have a good day and a good morning, Liberty. Liberty.